music, and uh, just have to service to hear some of the finest special music, and uh, that that song was just a blessing. It was a blessing in every way, and uh, I appreciate that, don't you? I appreciate the work of preparation. Thank you, Brother Sam, for playing, and thank you, young family, for uh, singing tonight. I appreciate that so much. Everybody in the young family can sing, except Ben, they'll let him sing anyway. I, I'm just kidding, that's good, I enjoyed that. May I have your attention please for 35 to 38 minutes tonight. I want to preach tonight on the subject, when the alarms are silenced. When the alarms are silenced. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be the greatest illustration your Holy Spirit would be the greatest attention getter of the sermon tonight. I plead, I beg, I understand my ability and even more I understand my inability. And I pray that you would simply use me as a tool, as a vessel in your hand to accomplish your will in the preaching tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our society is filled with alarms and warning signs. Our lives are filled with alarms and warning signs. From the watches we wear, the cell phones we carry, our automobiles, our home security systems, our local, our state and county emergency management and alarm systems, our highway signs, there are alarms, uh, there are uh, warning signs everywhere. Uh, there are lights installed on the dashboard of our automobiles. Uh, some of you have black tape over them to fix that problem. And, uh, but they are there to warn us uh, anytime there is a problem, anything from engine failure to it is so cold outside your tires refuse to register uh, any air pressure. I know how they feel. And, uh, but that's just uh, that's the way our life is. Uh, there are alarms on our cell phones that do everything from wake us up in the mornings to monitor our heart rate, uh, monitor our blood, press uh, blood pressure and even moods. Our home alarm system warns us of a possible intruder. Uh, our county emergency alarm systems, they warn us of impending storm dangers. Are you with me tonight? Do you see what I see? Are you with me in the illustration? And as I begin to lay the foundation for the message tonight, alarms and warnings are a part of our lives everywhere. It is always sad and unfortunate to read about an injury or worse, deaths uh, that could have been prevented if the alarm system either worked or if the alarm system was paid attention to. Uh, we have heard the phrase many times of a person who committed suicide, uh, there were no warning signs. Uh, there were no warning signs, but pay attention to uh, warnings and alarms. Just reading a list of simple search engine alarm failures that were reported in the news, uh, I came up just with, oh, I don't know how many there were, uh, for example, an Arizona headline read May 19, 2023. Headline, smoke detectors not working during Phoenix house fire 
that left baby dead. The article went on to say fire officials say the smoke detectors inside a home uh, near 35th and Glendale Avenues were not functioning properly when the home caught on fire. I went on to tell the story. Had the alarms been working, it could have alerted the parents and uh, that would possibly have saved the life of the child. How sad it is that someone died because an expected uh, alarm system uh, was not uh, working. CNN headlines read August 13, 2023. Hawaii has a robust emergency siren warning system. It sat silently during the deadly wildfires. August 13, 2023. VPM news headlines read mind-blowing pattern of faulty fire alarms at Richmond schools. Following the William Fox Elementary School fire, February 2022, VP News obtained and analyzed all available fire logs. NBC News recorded a headline, Maui's Emergency Management Director repeatedly downplayed sirens, uh, the records show. And they blamed much of the destruction and damage on a faulty alarm system. I'm preaching tonight on the subject when the alarms are silenced. Uh, Brother Scott Moore, as you know, is a videographer. He and his wife have been for uh, many years. They produce our television program on Saturday night and all of our services here. And uh, one of the jobs he works on has been of interest to me. He videos uh, guard or security dogs. And uh, they're quite amazing dogs. And I've seen video and they're available to see as they train these dogs for security. I was looking at some of the guard dogs that are available for sale uh, today. I just looked up to see what the price was on some of the dogs. I thought about getting one. And uh, I found a Doberman Pinscher uh, for the price of $350,000 for a guard dog. Not $350,000. $350,000. Imagine how much a Doberman Pinscher can eat. I'll just stick with my alarm system on my phone. Many dogs, $40,000, dollars $70,000. We take personal security serious. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? Are you with me? Isaiah speaks of leaders of the land in Judah. Isaiah chapter 56, and he begins in verse number 9, and he calls for the beast of the field to come and devour, and all the beasts in the forest, that you can come on in and take prey because the dogs that are supposed to be barking and warning, uh, they're dumb dogs. They won't bark. They won't sound the alarm, so you can just come and steal and eat anything you want. And he uses that as an illustration to speak of spiritual and political leaders of the land, including preachers of prophets and kings that will not sound a warning of impending danger. Isaiah called these watchmen dumb dogs. He called them greedy dogs because they were as dogs that would not bark when intruders were breaking in the house. 
just as the news reported a negative report about the alarm system in Maui, about the alarm system there in Hawaii, that they say much of the destruction could have been prevented had they taken the alarm system serious and had it been functioning properly. Isaiah said if the preacher had been functioning uh, properly and warning of danger that would destroy Judah, perhaps Judah would not be destroyed. Jeremiah spoke as he lamented uh, the fall of Judah to Babylon. And he wrote in uh, Lamentations 4 verses 13 and 14, For the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priest that have shed the blood of the just in the midst of her, they have wandered as blind men in the streets. They have polluted themselves with blood so that men could not touch their garments. You see, had the prophets, had the priests, had the rulers turned to God in repentance and faith and warned the people of the sinful dangers and behaviors of the day, perhaps they would have been saved from destruction. As I read Isaiah, it seems that he writes with a bit of biting sarcasm when he calls them blind watchmen who cannot see the enemy coming, dumb dogs who could not bark their warning even if they were awake. The leaders were not alert. They loved to sleep, and when they were awake, they loved to eat and drink and waste their time. Sadly, we see many leaders, both in our state and national federal level, that are promoting rather than sounding out the warning against alcohol and drugs and gambling. They promote it as if it is something good, thus encouraging the danger and encouraging the destruction. And dear friend, the newspapers are filled and the, uh, and the television reports are filled with lives that are being destroyed one after another. I saw a rock musician. I don't know anything about his music. I don't know anything except I saw his video as he pleaded with Congress this week. His rock and roll, I think it's rock and roll, title is Jelly Roll. I'd never heard of it until I saw it on the news. And here's what he said. I speak as a former drug dealer that has brought death to many people. And after seeing many of my own friends die from the foolish and stupid behavior that I took part in, I'm standing before Congress and I'm pleading, I am pleading with you, please do something to stop the fentanyl uh, ravages of death in our country. Now it's pretty sad when I'm quoting a rock and roll singer and preachers have lost the grit to preach against things that ruin the minds and the lives of individuals. Our own state legislature would not wait 
until the recent report of the University of Kentucky study of marijuana came out before they quickly passed a bill led by Republicans, passed by Republicans to make marijuana legal. The study by the University of Kentucky found no good, no benefit in marijuana. They gave seven reasons. Of course, now that has been tripled and the governor is now giving 21 reasons to make marijuana legal in Kentucky. Do you understand that when they raise it and sell it, do you know they can't put Federal Reserve notes? How many of you know what a Federal Reserve note is? That's money. It says right on it, Federal Reserve note. You can't put that in a bank if you have been selling an illegal substance, which marijuana is under federal law. So it's a cash crop. So we trust the honesty and the virtue of the drug dealer to make sure those that are raising marijuana sell it, process it only legally and honestly. Throughout the Bible, spiritual leaders are referred to as watchmen. Ezekiel often referred to watchmen. He speaks of fathers who love their family, preachers who love their churches, patriots who love their country, shepherds who love their sheep. And I am concerned that the warning voice of the preacher is being silenced today. Last week, a local official visited our church property here. Brother Young saw him. He is with the emergency management system in our county. They informed us that they are updating the system, and they found that uh, some of the alarms that are posted around the county, there are huge alarm uh, alarm, uh, sirens sirens and that some of them don't work and they're updating them because of the location of our church and the elevation of our property they asked permission if they could put one of the sirens on one of our poles out here one of the power poles that's out here and I said you certainly can Uh, you, you certainly can I would be a fool not to want a siren that would that would alarm us of a pending dangerous storm What a shame it would be that this church and this pulpit would not be an alarm that sounds out against things that bring danger to individuals and marriages and families, uh, to our state, to our children, and to our nation. May Clay's Mill Baptist Church be a place that warns of impending dangers, warn of those things that would threaten our homes, warn of immorality that is an enemy of the home, that is an enemy of just your moral and and mental well-being, to warn against things that would turn education into propaganda and revisionists that are stealing the history of America and the lessons we can learn from those that do right and lessons we can learn from those that have failed. This ought to be a warning place. This pulpit ought to be a siren that warns about how God has designed and defined virtue and morality and anything that would cross that or attempt to redefine it or change it, somebody must 
thunder out a voice and say, hey, just stay away from that. That's dangerous. Stick with the truths of the word of God. There must be a place that thunders out our responsibility as a simple citizen and our duty that we have to our society, to our county and to our state. A, a, a pulpit that would thunder, uh, th- thunder out uh, the relationship between church and state that is proper according uh, to the word of God. A church that would thunder out warnings against a place called hell. For you understand, friend, what should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and yet let he, uh, lost his own soul in hell? There are three reasons these prophets and priests have become silent rather than sounding the alarm. Look at your Bible in Isaiah chapter 56. First of all, just sheer ignorance. Look at verse number 10. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. Now, ignorant is an interesting word. It does not mean dumb. It does not mean stupid. It means ignorant, which means to ignore available truth. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Second of all, uh, the the watchmen are not only ignorant, uh, they are indifferent. Look at chapter 57, verse number 1. The righteous perisheth. And no man layeth it to heart. Church attendance is down in America at an all-time low. That ought to alarm even the most decent citizen of America. Everybody knows that our nation is stronger when folks attend church on Sunday and they hear the truths and the principles and the virtues and the values that are preached forth from the Word of God. Everybody knows that church is important. Anybody who has read history understands that church is a moral, a, a place of moral teaching and that our form of government was not designed for a people that have no virtue and have no morality. And the only place where moral uh, morals and virtues are taught are in the home and in the pulpit of the church. There is an indifference. Then there is an indulgence. Look at chapter 56 and verse number 11. Yea, they're greedy dogs, which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. They're indulgent. Everyone for his gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. The truth is, that's what happens when nations fall, when we come to the place that we think that prosperity never comes to an end, and we don't have to worry about working because we have folks that are willing to take money from those that will work and give it to those that won't work, and we'll just go on like this forever. The truth is, history records that nations fall when this happens. I want to speak to these three things for a few minutes. First of all, ignorance. We need not be an ignorant people. Fathers, it is no secret that our children do not enjoy learning and going to school. But since when did that matter? Look at me. 
It's my job to say I understand, but go do your homework anyway. You don't have to like math, you just have to learn it. You, you, you don't have to like it, you do have to learn it. Because if you're going to survive, if you're going to thrive, hey, if you're going to be used of God, you need to have the very best education. And oh, how we could go through the scripture and talk about those who were learned and those that were prepared and those that were educated and those that spent time in understanding how God could use them as a mighty vessel and a mighty tool. We need not raise an ignorant to children. We need not raise an ignorant society Folks, we need to understand the importance of learning, of reading, studying the Word of God. The Bible says in Hosea 4 and verse number 6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Maybe you ought to like school. Maybe college student, you ought to go ahead and say, if God is going to reject me because I've rejected knowledge, maybe I ought to fall in love with what God likes. And could I hear all of the college students who yell amen when I walk in the college chapel? Can I make another statement right here? If God loves people who loves knowledge, then every young man and every young lady ought to love learning and knowledge. Can I hear you say amen? It amazes me how ignorant we have become of the Christian heritage and history that we have in America. If you went to the state and national capitol buildings and grounds of America, you would see that our nation has memorialized our faith in God. I have not taken um, guided tours of our nation's capital. I've been to the White House. I've been to several office buildings. Never take a, taken a guided tour, but I've read many, many books. And it's amazing what you can learn online from the videos. And you can take tours without driving there. There are some who have raised a lot of money to go to Washington, D.C. and never paid attention to learning what they ought to learn once you get there. I, I, I want to give you what I've given you many times through the years. This is a new list that I've made uh, in this sermon. Do you know the eight large paintings in the rotunda depict America's Christian heritage? The baptism of the Indian Princess Pocahontas and the Virginia Charter. She was one of the first converts to Christianity in America. You understand that the Mayflower Compact came for the advancement of the Christian faith. She was one of the first. Are you listening to me? And her picture of her baptism is one of the eight paintings that is in the Capitol Rotunda of a baptism. What is baptism? It is a picture of our faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Doesn't have anything to do with Muhammad. He's still dead. Don't have anything to do with those others. They're dead. It is a picture of one who put their faith in one who died, was buried, and rose again. One of the, one of the paintings depict pilgrim leader William Brewster 
holding an open Bible and it is inscribed with the words, the New Testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The chapel of the House of Representatives contains an open Bible on an altar in front of the stained glass window depicting George Washington in prayer and the words are there written, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Psalm 16, 1. Behind the speaker's rostrum in the House of Representatives are the words of the national motto, In God we trust, and this refers to the God of the book that I hold in my hand tonight. The White House, the Adams Prayer Mantle. You can look all this up. You can listen to the sermon, make a note, look at all the videos. The prayer mantle was installed in 1945. The, the, by Franklin D. Roosevelt and it contains a prayer by John Adams. You can see the pictures, the video. It says, I pray heaven to bestow the best of blessings on this house and all those that shall hereafter inhabit it. May none but honest and wise men ever rule under this roof. The Library of Congress was completed in 1897 and was named the Thomas Jefferson Building. On the walls are inscribed the following verses. The light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not, John 1, 5. Another verse inscribed, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom with all thy getting, get understanding, Proverbs 4, 7. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God, Micah 6, 8. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork, Psalm 19 and verse number 1. That's in the Library of Congress along with permanent display are two Latin Bibles. The Bible was the first book that was printed on a printing press and is the, still the most popular and widely distributed book in human history. One of the Bibles on display at the Library of Congress is the original Gutenberg Bible of 1453, the first printed Bible. Of the 21 complete surviving copies, England and America own 12 of them. The other Bible on display is the Great Bible of Mines. Mines, Germany. Have you ever heard that or you've seen pictures of that? Anybody? Uh, you ought to look it up. It's interesting. It's a huge book. It was handwritten. It's beautiful. Handwritten. I, I mean, even, it, it's beautiful. You've got to look at the Bible of Minds, the great Bible of Minds. One, one of the last handwritten Bibles. It is dated the beginning of April 1452, handwritten, completed July 1453. 16 months to write it, to copy it. The Great Bible and the Gutenberg Bible were not only produced at the same time, but in the same town in Germany. The Mines Bible represents the countless Bibles uh, that were handwritten uh, for a long period of time from the time of the apostles until the invention of printing in 1453. You know where it is? It's in the Library of Congress. You would listen to this crowd today, the crowd of revisionists, they would make you think it was a bunch of drunks and a bunch of idiots that uh, formed our nation. Friend, it wasn't. It was a group of folks that believed that the God of heaven created mankind and gave his word to say, I want you to know I love you and I've given you an instruction book to live your life. Amen. Library of Congress has a statue of Moses holding the Ten Commandments and a statue of the Apostle Paul 
above Paul's statue is Micah 6.8 inscribed. On the Supreme Court building above the main entrance are the words equal justice under law. By the way, when somebody, a reporter, somebody comes to me and, and, and they have in the, in the Capitol building, they would say pastors have got no business uh, in uh, the uh, uh, state buildings and the government buildings. First of all, I know how ignorant they are of American history. And it's sad, it's embarrassing to have a conversation with someone uh, that, ha that has such foolish thinking. Oh, but listen to me. What's worse are those that have their names written on a church membership roll and carry a Bible and yet our nation perishes because of ignorance. We know how to play video games. We know about our sports teams. We ought not be an ignorant people when it comes to the American, uh, to the uh, uh, influence of Christianity on our nation. The Jefferson Memorial was the author of the Declaration of Independence and America's third president. The memorial features quotations from Jefferson's writings. God, creator, and creation are mentioned eight times. For example, from the Declaration of Independence are the word we hold, words, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. An elected official actually say life is a spiritual or a biblical issue. I said, yes, it is, but it is also the first of our constitutional rights and you have no right to take the life of an unborn child because you believe in murder against what not only God said but the constitution of our United States. The Washington Monument memorializes America's foremost founding father, George Washington. Like Washington's writings and speeches, a monument is filled with references to God in the Bible. A Bible is enclosed in the capsule in the monument's cornerstone. Do you know that in the foundation of the 1815 Baltimore Washington Monument, that they find, found a time capsule as they were rebuilding that in 2015, and you know what they put in that time capsule? A copy of the King James Bible. Many of the 36,000 marble and granite stones of the Washington Monument are inscribed with Bible verses and references to God, such as holiness to the Lord, Exodus 28, 26, search the scripture, John 5, 37, the memory of the just is blessed, Proverbs 10, 7, train up a child in the way he should go when he is old and not depart from it, Proverbs 22, 6, in his address to the governors of the states in 1783, when he resigned as commander-in-chief, Washington referred to the divine author of our blessed religion, testifying to his own Christian faith, and he said that the nation cannot be happy unless it obeys Christ's example and precepts. Washington founded the custom of American presidents swearing the oath of office on a Bible. And when he ended the oath, he kissed the word of God. Washington proclaimed the nation's first national Thanksgiving day. And that day was set aside to acknowledge with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity to peaceably establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. The Lincoln Memorial was built in honor of Abraham Lincoln, America's 16th president. Uh, Lincoln promoted the 13th Amendment that outlawed slavery in America. 
On the wall of the north chamber are these words, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe unto that man by whom the offense cometh. Matthew 18, 7. And then are the words, The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Psalm 19 and verse number 9. The National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial that now has more than 20,000 names on it has the verses, has the verse inscribed. Proverbs 28, 1, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The Union Station, I have been there. I've ridden the train in the Union Station and the railway station in Washington, D.C. was opened in 1907. Though it isn't a government building, it is an illustration of the Bible's great influence on American society even in the early 20th century. During World War II, 200,000 people passed through the station every day. It's still one of America's busiest stations. Three Bible verses are inscribed above the south entrance which is the entrance facing the direction of the Supreme Court and the United States Capitol. These verses are John 8.32, The truth shall make you free. Psalm 8.6, Thou hast put all things under his feet. Isaiah 35.1, The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. If we let America die because of our ignorance, shame on us. Get your homework finished. Read books to learn rather than to pass a test. If you're armed with truth, it will set you free and it will silence the enemy. Second of all, indifference. My time has come and gone. We can't be indifferent. John Adams said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Morality and virtue are the foundation of our republic and necessary for our society to be free. Virtue is an inner commitment and voluntary outward obedience to principles of truth and moral law. Private virtue is the character to govern oneself to moral law at all times. Public virtue is the character to voluntarily sacrifice or subjugate personal wants for the greater good of other individuals or the community. Specific moral virtues include charity, justice, courage, temperance, reverence, prudence, and honesty. Last of all, indulgence. We can't get to the place that we love the blessings and prosperity of America that we don't sound the alarms and we don't sound the horns of things that would destroy our nation. We cannot do as Eli did, sleep while his sons committed immorality in the temple. Uh, they, were, uh, they, they were not warned. They were indulging, uh, indulging in the sins of the heathen. And I want to say tonight, we can't let that happen in our generation. We cannot indulge in the wickedness and the carnality and the worldliness of our nation and let our nation die. There must be a revival of those who serve as warning signs for the destruction of our nation, our families, and our churches. We can't afford. Hey, folks, we're in trouble tonight. We could be at the beginning. Stand with me. We could be, we could be very close to World War III. What's going on in the Middle East is concerning. What's going on at the border in Texas is concerning. 
What's going on in classrooms is concerning. I refuse to just sit back and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Now, I can't make people heed the warning, but I can make it just as loud as I can make it and say there is a better way. There is a life. There is a life of principle that we can live, a life of Bible truth and virtue and principle that we can live and rear our children. We can see America come back to God. We can. We can see revival in our nation. We can. And it ought to begin in our own hearts and in our own homes. Heavenly Father, I hunger to see my nation